Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Okay, so good morning everyone. Morning. So I'm Nick and I'm part of this great church, Billingshurst Family Church. And um, just, just something I got in the worship just now was, was God was just telling me that I'm here. He said, I'm here. And in my head, my response was, good, because I need you here right now, if I'm honest. Um, so it's always a great place to be, just knowing that God is around you with his Holy Spirit, just, and his presence is here. So I just wanted to share that, really, before we started. Um, one thing I would say I'm known for is my, as being a builder. Uh, I am a builder by trade. Um, I, I work in lots of lovely houses. And... Um, I, I'm employed to make buildings to the highest standard, um, and I've, I've, I would say I'm fairly good at my job, but I would say I've, I've learned this by making an awful lot of mistakes. Um, one mistake um, that I learned from was, Nick, don't ever touch electrics, you'll go flying across the room. Um, that's one. Um, another thing I've learned is, you will never do your best work if you're unsure of where you're working. So if I'm at a very wobbly scaffold and it's, it's moving around, I will find I'm more concerned about not dying than actually doing the work I'm doing and it will look terrible. Um, and another thing I've learned is that carpenters and pipes don't mix. <laughs> they feel the need to put a screw in them and then fly out with water or cut them with saws and then you wonder why there's a swimming pool in your lounge, um, which has happened a few times. I would say... I would like to dob all the people I work with in. That wasn't me, but it does happen occasionally. Um, but one particular thing I remember um, when I was learning was, was on one evening, um, and I was a young carpenter in my apprenticeship. I was doing a late shift when I was, I was working somewhere. And what I, what I was doing was I was having to change a code lock on a door. Um, so, you know, trying to prepare myself, I was like, well, this, this is fairly easy, it's just a lock I'm just putting on the door. And I knew I had to change, change the code because 0000 is easy to remember. Um, so I changed it and I scanned the instructions, you know, I know what I'm doing. And I started undoing the back of this lock. It was about, about 7 o'clock at night and I started undoing it. And then I did, undid the last screw and then bang, the lock exploded. I was like, this might be a problem. Um, and I thought, okay, what haven't I done? And I remember looking on the floor, and there were bits everywhere. There was pins, there were springs, there was... And I thought, I know, I'll put this back together. It can't be any different from Lego. Um, so I started putting these bits back together, and I thought, you know what, I better read the instructions, and realised I missed about seven out of ten steps out, and three of them had the word important above it. Um, I was like, right read the instructions. Um, so I went there and spent three hours putting this back together. I was like, yes, this looks right. Put it in. And the thing didn't move. And I was, it was 10 o'clock at night. I was like, I just want to go home, if I'm honest with you. And um, so I ended up having to call out a locksmith to come and do what should have taken me five minutes, which actually took me three, nearly four hours. Um, and this is one, one way that I have learnt uh, many things. But what I learnt, what... What I learned here was, I, in ending up having to call the locksmith, I knew I, I wasn't prepared for what I was doing in the first place, 
mainly because I was too lazy to read the instructions. Um, but I also found it was great to have someone to turn to. How many of us have started things that we weren't prepared for as, as we would like to have been, and maybe not even realizing that we were going into uncharted waters? We, we have all been there needing someone or something to, su- to support us and, and come in and take control maybe and help where we can't see a way out. In these moments, I mean, I, I found in that moment, I mean, I prayed. I mean, I really prayed after three hours of really prayed hard in, in desperation, needing, needing my prayer to be fixed as if, as if an angel was going to come and touch a lock or God himself and his Holy Spirit was going to come, nah, nah, you do it like this. Um, but I needed something in that moment. And the hunger and starvation, I needed it to be fulfilled, to be fixed. When, when we are in these moments, we admit defeat for us and we need saving, don't we? Our passage today speaks on how when God's people were stuck in a place where they couldn't see any way out of, God intervened. So if you would turn to me to Judges 3, 7 to 11 in your Bibles, or it will be up here on the screen behind me. It says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot their Lord God and served the Baals and Ashiah. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Rathemon, king of Arimathea, to whom the Israelites were subject to eight years. But when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenza, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. The spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rathaim, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. So the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of Kenza, died. Let's pray. Yeah, Lord, I pray that you speak to us all today. I pray you speak to me today. Lord, I pray that the journey you've taken me on through this, that, that I can share a glimpse of what you've done. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit dwells here today and speak to us all and that we can all go away changed in some way. Amen. Amen. So here we have the Israelites in the Promised Land, and they haven't been here that long in the grand scale of time that the Bible looks over. And already we're having a few problems. The first thing we see is that the Israelites, God's chosen people, are doing evil in the in the in God's sight. This is going to happen a lot in this series. It says that his people aren't so different from us. They are doing evil in the sight of the Lord. It specifically says that they served other gods. They put other things. They wanted above their relationship and devotion to God. This may sound like a bad thing here. The the Israelites worshipping, serving other gods. And we can look at that and say, how can they do this? The truth is, in our culture, we do this regularly. We choose lifestyles above God. And what he said, we put relationships above God and how he tells us to go about them. We take shortcuts 
in what we do. And doing this, say, my time is more important than fulfilling what God has asked me to do to the fullest. I shared my story about the door lock when I took a shortcut in what I was doing and how I ended up in trouble, unable to get out of a situation unless I had someone's help. We have the same attitude at times with what God has given us to do in our lives. We worship ourselves and our time more than we worship God. This made God so upset. It says he sold them into the hands of. God allowed them to have what they wanted. Much like a father saying to his children, okay, I've told you that this is a bad thing. I've told you why this is a bad thing, but you still insist on doing it. If that's what you want, go and do it. The result was they were mistreated and tormented by these people for eight years. How often do we do things that we probably know aren't going to end up, uh, that we aren't know are good, but we're going to end up suffering for it later? The people of Israel suffer and cry out to the Lord for help. And God, in his mercy, raises a deliverer. Someone who is going to make that suffering stop. Now notice how it isn't just someone on standby, ready on the sidelines, going to come in and take control. It clearly says, God raised This deliverer isn't provided for from elsewhere. He is provided for from within the community. God raises leaders. He grows them from what he's already done. And God is raising leaders right here in this room right now. Now God raises leaders, and in this case a deliverer. But but, But only when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He, equi- he, equipped to, he was equipped to do what God intended him to do. God equips his people that he calls. What I mean by this is that he doesn't choose people because they're able to do something. He has assigned people tasks and then equips them to do what he's called them to do. If you think that you can learn to do something and know about it, and then God will choose you to do that thing. I'm afraid that's not how he works. God chooses people, and then he equips them to do what he wants. He will put us in positions where we can use and we can grow what he wants us to do. He gives us all a calling. However, they will not all be the same. Look at Joseph, called to save his family and the nation of Egypt. We see that in his dreams. Then he equips him to do what he, to do what he needs to do in the roles he places him. He places him in Potiphar's house, where he learns about administration and how to run a large house and the affairs that go with that. He then places him in Pharaoh's prison, where he learns about the political climate that he is going to have to navigate when leading on behalf of Pharaoh. When we come back to our scripture, what we are told is that Othniel has been chosen and that 
and chosen as the deliverer, and God has raised him. That is it. We are not told how. Because God doesn't want us to know that. How wasn't the most important thing. The key part that made him different was that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. God was on him and with him. And that made him become the judge of Israel. Not learning to be the best. The Spirit of the Lord being upon him. God empowered this man to be what the people needed. Through most of the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord dwells and comes on certain people at certain times. Why? This all starts at the beginning when the first man and woman sinned in the Garden of Eden. Before this point, they spent every day enjoying his presence and knowing him. This all changed when they sinned for the first time. Sin is disobedience to God, not honouring him in what we do. God is unable to be in the presence of sin without destroying it. People tried to honour and obey God by following the laws, but this was impossible and they kept losing the relationship with God because of their shame and sense of hopelessness. Just like in our scripture, they thought they saw a better way than God's way. This changed with one event and one person, Jesus. Jesus came to earth 100% God and 100% man to bridge that gap of fellowship and intimacy that sin had made. Jesus lived his life perfectly according to the law of God and suffered and died as the perfect sacrifice, a way of paying back for all the wrongs that we have ever done and will ever do. We are no longer separated from God, but are able to live with him and know him in a way that know him in a way we have never been able to before. He is the ultimate deliverer that Othniel never could be, saving God's people, not just from others, but from themselves and offering another way. When Jesus returned to his Father in heaven, he said he would ask his Father to send the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and he will live with, he will live with you and within you. This is seen for the first time at Pentecost with his disciples and has been seen through his people ever since that moment. The Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit that was only accessible for the few who were chosen is now accessible for all who believe and love God. This is such a privilege that the most important and oppressive piece of equipping that God gives is himself. Yes, he raises up leaders. Yes, he trains us. Yes, he's teaching us. 
in so many ways. But ultimately, it is his spirit who leads us and is the key to a life which changes the world around us. It is not us and what we can do. It is what the Holy Spirit does through us for the Father's glory and is obedient to his will. This is why only a few people throughout the Old Testament had the Lord come upon them and dwelt within them. Now, we have all been purchased by this one perfect sacrifice that has put a seal on every believer's heart to call him our Lord, God, and Savior. You may be thinking, this is something I want. This is something I need in my life. The truth is that you can have this, and it is open to you. You may be thinking, I need more of his spirit living in me. Or, I experienced him in a really powerful way some time ago. I haven't really felt this Holy Spirit for some time. And I'm not sure how to regain that that sense of oneness with God and the Holy Spirit. You may be thinking, I have believed in God for years, but never felt this connection with this Holy Spirit. All of these things are okay. You can have that intimate time with God. I can't promise you that you'll have it now. and I can't promise that you're going to have it in worship later, although I do pray. It is not for me to decide. It is for the Holy Spirit to to decide who he meets with and when he meets them. I will say this to you. He meets us where we are at. And he will work around you and through what you do. But if you want this filling which equips us and empowers us, then you need to speak to him and invite him into your heart. Are we ready for God to change us dramatically? God used Othniel to defeat an enemy and allow the Israelites to live in peace for 40 years. What enemy is God going to get you to defeat? What enemy in your life is he going to get you to overcome? God empowered this man to do something he may not have been trained for or ready for. God can do anything, and he starts with this man pouring out his spirit on him in order to glorify God, to deliver a people from oppression and bring his people back to him. When you invite the Holy Spirit into life, you will know an intimacy with God that is refreshing and renewing. You will see healing of hurts in in you and the mistakes that you made and feel guilty for, you will be freed from. You will have the confidence to be be who God has made you to be. Let me explain. He will lead you to be more like Christ Jesus. The characteristics within you that are most like him and what he has placed within you will be brought to the surface. You will be more confident, more comfortable, and you will know him in such a deeper way. 
Our God loves you. Our God loves you. Our God loves you. And he wants to spend time with you intimately. And you will have a peace that only God can provide. In this scripture, the peace lasted for 40 years for the nation of Israel. For you, it will be different. 40 years will be lovely. You can know the Holy Spirit and God is waiting for an invitation and for you to want to experience and know him to the full. There are things that only you are called to do and can only do with the power of the Holy Spirit in you. In our scripture, Othniel was called to be a deliverer of Israel and raised to do it. However, he still needed the power of the Holy Spirit and wouldn't have been able to do what he was called to do without him. Jesus enables you to know God in this way. And he suffered and died in order that you could have this opportunity And maybe today is when you take that offer for the first time. Or maybe it is something that you have just that you just want and need to experience again. That intimacy with God and being close to Him. When we are a people filled with the Holy Spirit, we can do infinitely more. Not because what we bring to the table, but because of how he can equip us in every role that he is placing us in. If we, if we live as people on a mission filled with the Holy Spirit, we will have our eyes and ears fixed on God, taking his hand where he leads us and being obedient to what he is telling us to do. We will be a people who are filled with joy, love, peace, patience, kind, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, as these are the fruits of the Spirit that we will see. We will take these out into the world, and the world will see these things and so much more. They will see something different that they have never seen or experienced. We already have a deliverer, unlike our story, where they cried out for one. We know our deliverer and the deliverer of the world, and his name is Jesus. Ooh, well done. God himself, as a man, come to release us from everything this world enslaves us to and be free through his sacrifice. We are free to be what God has always meant for us to be. And the Holy Spirit will equip us to do what he has planned. We are made to worship him. But to first and foremost, to have a relationship with God. To be his special possession that he loves and cherishes. His children to show the world who he is. Can I just invite the band up, please? Let's pray. Dear Lord, this story 
There's, there's not much to it. But there doesn't need to be too much to it. All we need is you. You were able to deliver a people because you were in a man. And you came and you saved us all. And Lord, I ask that you come upon us today. That you equip us today in the way that only you can do. We are your people and we need you here with us. Lord, empower us with your Holy Spirit today. Send your Holy Spirit upon us. Lord, that we can know our calling, we can know your voice. But Lord, that we can know that we are a special and chosen people. We are your children. And I thank you for that sacrifice you did for us all to know that.